Hello everyone, welcome back for another episode of Semi-Professional. This is Summer. I'm Sam. And this week we are talking about kind of lessons learned, a more deep dive on thoughts recently by us, and also a book that I've been reading. So um, We did, however, miss something extremely important, especially to Lexington, Kentucky from last week. Yeah. And so, so as many people know, UK is a big basketball school. There's two things in Lexington. There's horses and there's basketball. Yes. And I feel like everything kind of revolves around that. Yeah. So it, it's really cool to be around here. Like Devin Booker, I know a lot of ladies love. Devin Booker went to school here, played college basketball here at UK. If you don't know who Devin Booker is, he dated Kendall Jenner for two two years, I think, they dated. But he plays for the Phoenix Suns. There's also, oh, who's the other guy? Anthony the, Davis the, also played here. The unibrow guy. Not the unibrow guy, just the brow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Davis. It sounded like you had a list going. I'm not sure who played here, but yeah. there's... It's but anyway, a, it's a big... Yeah. It's a big um, I think everyone knows that Kentucky basket. I mean, at least yeah, in the, the sports girlies, world. Yeah, the girlies might, but it's big here. So March Madness, I'm finally, like, now a fan of. But UK, last year, um, we got eliminated first round. This year, we got eliminated second round, and we didn't talk about that in our last episode. But I just... I want to talk about that because now I'm kind of a sports girly because now I'm a UK fan. Yeah, it is. It kind of sucks to be Kentucky, though, just because if you don't win the national championship, it's kind of just like a letdown year. That's like the expectation they have. So even though they made it to the round of 32 and played Kansas State really competitively. Oh, and we barely lost. We were ahead the whole game. That's what was so buggy. And And then... then Kansas State made it to the Elite Eight, and they lost to, I can't even remember what was the team Michigan? was. No, it no. was a nine seed. It was like Florida Atlantic or oh, something. Oh, yeah, they're like the Cinderella story this yeah. year. So, that is how March Madness goes, though. And, of course, there was no perfect bracket brackets after, like, the first round. As always, yeah. On in As far as sports go, though, and this is when... <laughs> you feminists should get up in arms. The most exciting collegiate athlete right now is a female basketball player on Iowa. I can't oh, remember really? her name. Oh, she is unreal. Well, everything that I see is LSU's coach, the women's basketball coach. Have you seen her? No, because... Really? Honey, this girl from Iowa, last game, I think she had 41 points, like 12 up. rebounds. Yeah, I can't remember, but... Their last game, she was responsible for 70 of their points, either scoring them herself or through assists or whatever, but she has been killing it. And then I saw something that Barstool Sports posted, and her, like if you use her name in a tweet or in a post or a reel or whatever, it gets way more interaction than any other person in college sports right now so i thought that was cool that is super cool so i just looked up you haven't seen this girl kim mulkey i think 
That's LSU's coach? LSU's women's basketball I, coach. I, I know who you're talking about. She's super passionate. She's very fashion forward. She's just got a lot of popularity on social media because, and she is the only woman to win a national championship as both a player and a coach. Only two other people have done that, and they were both men. That's pretty cool. The yeah. girl in Iowa, I just looked her up. It's Caitlin Clark. Okay, and she's just killing it? Balling out. Absolutely balling out. Just, I mean, I hate to say this. I hate to be this person, but she's playing like prime Jimmer Fredette. That's awesome. So, look out. I guess Iowa's the favorites now to win it. Well, sorry, they're not. South Carolina, for the women, um, championship is still the favorites to win it. They've, they're undefeated this year, and I think they want, they're always really good. South Carolina. That's awesome. Anyway, that's our little sports our little, beat. Our little sports corner over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know what my favorite? I saw this. I love um, that you're pretending to be into sports. I know, but I love this meme because this is so relatable. And it's like March Madness is just uh, the perfect example of how boys will have know everything about basketball, make their perfect bracket, know everything, and always lose to their girlfriends who chose their bracket based on who had the cutest mascot. I mean, it's so it's true. true. <laughs> we have a kid that I go to school with who he'll make like a serious bracket where he'll go through and like do the matchups and look at the look at everything. And then he does another bracket that's a coin flip bracket. Yeah. And his coin flip bracket, I think, has done better some years than his actual I'm bracket. Sure. So you never know. Because that's my favorite is to like see like these people who the companies they work for have March Madness and they're like I literally don't know anything about basketball and then they end up winning like their work prize of $500 or whatever just because they're like I don't really know I just kind of just chose who had the best colors well yeah honestly there's no there's you can't pick wrong I mean there was a one seed that lost this year and a couple 15 or uh yeah one seed lost and a couple 15 seeds won so you just never know yeah but anyways we also, yeah i want to share that we also bought a new couch this week you've been wanting to do that for a long time how long have we been married almost four years and i've been wanting to do that our whole time i don't even remember what did we have before the green couch we just had that brown couch from brooke oh that's right we did and then we got the green couch from some friends. Yeah. Another and, newlywed couple that was just a couple years older than us. And then our couch that we had has now graduated and is at Keenan Lexi's apartment. Yeah. So it's moved on. But we got a new couch and I love it. We got a sectional, which I wanted a sectional forever. And it's got um, two chases, one yeah. on either side, and then two cushions in the middle. So and it's. Yeah. It's about as big as our little living room, I think, can handle. Yeah. yeah. Without so, without it being too much. But it just, it makes the space, like, so much more cozy and comfortable, and it fits the room really well. I was... It I, just looks nice. I gotta say you were right, because I didn't really think it would, like, his couch. But it does change the whole room. Yeah. And then once we get a rug and some ottomans... I. Because we're going to do two little round poofs or ottomans. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it'll, yeah, it'll make the whole room look even better. So Yeah, I want to host game night because now we'll have like 
real seating for people. Yeah, we got a game night couch. Yeah, where people can actually sit because before we just didn't have that. So, and that just goes with our 2023 goals of I wanted to host people more. So You did want to host people more. Yeah. So, um, game night's coming at you, my friends. Um, and then, oh, so I wanted to, should we get into actually what we were going to talk about for the episode this week? Let's get into it. Um, do you want to share your life thoughts and lessons or do you want me to go? You go and then I'll, I'll go. Okay. So I've been reading the book, The 80-80 Marriage. This book was recommended by my friend Bree. The author is Kaylee Klemp. And, um, I'm not usually one who loves to read self-help. I find myself going really slow in self-help because I feel like it's kind of like reading a textbook where it just it's so much information at you rather than like just reading a novel and you're just reading a storyline and trying to like turn the page and find out what happens next but I had this book recommended to me because I always me and Sam always said like marriage isn't 50 50 it's 100 100 because you and I like Everything you have is also everything that that person has. Like, it's also 100% that person's. And you're both giving 100% I, effort. Yeah, I more look at it as an effort. You're putting everything you have into the partnership or the the team. Yeah. Because that's how I view marriage. It's a, you and I are a little team. Yeah, and that's what I love about this. So, my friend, I was talking to her about that. And she was like, you should read this book called 80-80 Marriage. And so I've been reading it. So it goes through three types of marriages. And the first one is the 80-20. This is, um, as described in the book, uh, the more traditional marriage where the husband goes to work and that's kind of it. And then the wife cooks, cleans, raises the kids, makes sure every um, appointment, doctor's appointment is um, figured out and the social calendar is her responsibility. So she's putting 80% more effort. Or she's putting in 80% of the effort. While the husband only goes to work. Traditionally. And it's described in this situation. And obviously this isn't true for all couples. But it just talks about. Oh thanks for turning on that light for me. So um, he. I wanted to read this because I thought it was really funny. But he talks about this book from 1945 called Sex Today in Wedded Life. And he has rules for the male and the female. So the females, um, the list for the husband is that remember your wife wants to be treated as your sweetheart always. Good rule. Good rule. Don't be stingy with money. Be a generous provider. Great rule. Great rule. Compl- and this is what year? 1945. Okay. This is a marriage book that he references. Compliment her new hairdo, cooking, etc. I'm on. I'm. I'm with it so far. Yeah. Always greet her with a kiss, especially when other people are around. Still with you. Yeah. Now her rules. Okay. Guys' rules, pretty simple. Yeah. Her rule. For this is the rules for the wife from this book. Be a good listener. Let him tell you his troubles. Yours will seem trivial in comparison. Not as with you. <laughs> okay. Remember, your most important job is to build up and maintain his ego, which gets bruised plenty in business. Morale is a woman's business. That's pretty interesting. 
Yeah. Third rule, never hold up your husband to ridicule in the presence of others. If you must criticize, do it so privately and without anger. I mean, good rule, right? I mean. <laughs> and then don't try to boss him around. Let him think that he wears the pants. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. <laughs> he might be the head, but I will always turn his neck. Or I get the woman is the neck. I can always manipulate. That's what that sounds like. Uh, Do you know what that's from? My big no. fat Greek wedding. No, I don't. But these are, is there, what, is there more rules? No, that's the rules from this book. But it's like, that's it starts off good being like, be a good listener. That's a good rule. Then let him tell you his troubles. His troubles are much bigger than your troubles. It's just, and then it's always like, remember it's important, um, and most important to build up his, and maintain his ego. It's like. I don't think it's important to build up or maintain anyone's ego. Yeah. But anyway, I just thought that was so funny. So anyway. That's pretty wild. Book, yeah. That was the marriage advice in 1945. But it's kind of, he expands on the 80-20 rule where the mindset, mindset is there's um, strict gender roles. Like this is a woman's job and this is a men's jo- man's job. And that's what you stick to. And that's why that 80-20 kind of split was made. Because it was just the man's job to go and make money and that was it. What? So when it's 80-20, what is that based off of though? Like, what do you mean? Like how, how to function as a family? Who's doing majority of the work? But it, So I'm saying is it looking at strictly like family stuff yeah i think just on in marriage what it takes like as a couple to maintain yourself as a family okay you know the social life groceries what does it take like put a roof over your head clean your house cook food like all those things make sure your kids are taken care of i think that's like kind of where the split comes from but it's kind of like instead of you just have the belief in the 80 in the 80 20 roles is you just have like, well, that's not my job. And that's what this book kind of like expand on, expands on is the mindset is, well, that's not my job. That's your job. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing once you kind of figure out how you want to do things. Yeah. Because there are certain things that like, I always take out the trash. Yeah. I have no problem taking out the trash. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to like protest that you're not taking out the trash yeah like it so you know when it's true like there are some things that i like to or i tolerate doing it's not like i love to do the dishes or i love to do like clean the bathrooms you know but i seem to like almost always like that's i do quite a few, i do quite a lot of dishes no yeah you do but i'm just saying like okay but like Bath- bathroom cleaning it's all you, babe. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's probably because I tolerate, like, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. And, and I like... I've, I've kind of learned that there are certain things that irritate us more. Yeah. Like, I don't like when stuff is not picked up. Yeah. But you like the floors mopped. Yes. Like, that's something that you... And I'm kind of like, hey, you mopped the floors last... Like, they're clean enough. You know? Yeah. No, and so. that's true, and that's we'll get into that. So yeah. then, okay. 
continue so on. So then it goes to like where we are today. So it starts, the book is starts with like what would the past look like for marriage. So 80-20 80, 20. is traditional guy goes to work, wife does everything else. Yes. Gotcha. And then um, the next one was the 50, is the 50-50 model. And this is where we are today. This is kind of the mindset of I win, you lose. Like if I, and then um, like that there's a little bit more role confusion because what is 50-50, right? And you're trying to shoot for fairness. Like what's fair in the 50-50 because you're focused. Continue on because I'm not. So it's, um, how do I describe like, I think, sorry, I just lost my light, but, um, it's kind of like what's you're deciding like, well, if I made dinner, then you should do dishes. Okay. Kind of like you keep track of yeah, how much. Yeah, you're kind of keeping a tally of like, like. I've done this much, so you need to do this now because I've done this. Yeah. Or I pay for this, so you have to step up and pay for this or pick up an extra job because I pay for more stuff or, um, I see this a lot. You want things equal. Yeah. Everything has to be equal, but we, you and I have talked about this fairness often in our lives, but it's kind of like what defines fairness. Yeah. I, I do also think there, I like, I get that, like what's fair, like, I did this, so you should do this. And I remember that always being the argument when we were little kids, right? Like, yeah, I didn't make the mess. Why did, like... Why do I have to clean it up? Why do I have to clean it up? And that would, like, if... And the reason I like the word equal is because you can also use the word equitable. Okay, expand on that. So equals, I kind of look at as, like, what's fair? Because you took out the trash. Yeah. Now I need... I should do the dishes. Yeah. But... And I think a lot of people do this. Like, why doesn't my husband... Because it is hard. Like, there's times where I'm like, wow, Sam's just sitting over there. Like, if I'm putting away the laundry, then he should be unloading the dishwasher. Because that's fair. Or, um, I see this a lot in, like, couples' finances, where what's the definition of fair you might have someone who makes more than the other, but they're like, no, but we need to split who pays for all the bills 50-50. So that means if rent is $1,000 to make math easy, you have to give 500 and I have to give 500 and that's fair. Yeah, so that would be equal. Yes. But, yeah, and equitable, I guess, just means like not everyone needs the same thing. You, yeah. you don't all need the same thing. I kind of look at it, though, mo- like, as far as what's fair. You and I, I feel like, just try to, like, not that we have the same goal, but if yeah. the goal is to, like, sit down and watch a movie, then we got to hurry and get all of our stuff done around the house so that we can watch a movie. Or if we want to go to bed. Yeah. That's the... When we were first married, I remember that is the absolute maddest you would get because like a crazy person, you would decide that you were going to like deep clean the house right before bed. Yes. And then I would be in bed like, what the heck's she doing? <laughs> like, and you're like, you'd come and you'd be pissed. You'd be like, I've been dusting and I've been <laughs> mopping the floors. And I'm like, why are you like, why are you, 
why did you decide to dust at 9.30 at night? And you're like, because it needs to get done. But then you would get mad at me because, like, I don't, you know, can yeah, you see what no, I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally remember that. Because you're like, because I'm doing this, Sam should be also doing this. But in my mind, I'm like, it's bedtime. Like, why are we mopping floors right now? Yeah. Communication is also important in that because if you were like, hey, can we dust and mop before bed? Then yeah. that's a different story. But Yeah. No, but it's just kind of like you're if you're trying to shoot for 50-50, then you're always comparing yourself to what your spouse is doing. Then you're like, oh, if they do this, then I got to do this. And then because I would do this a lot where if you're up and you're doing something like, let's say you're doing a little home project or something, then I'm like, oh, I've I've got to find something to do to be like fair. And that's something that I definitely have to work on. But I feel like that's kind of where marriage, like he talks about that, like this is where we are in marriage today is that everyone compare compares themselves to their spouse and who's giving more, who's taking more. That's interesting to me, especially yeah. the finance. We can talk about this more when you talk about the 80-80, but our finances yeah. right now, like if I had to pay half the rent... Yeah. That's impossible. Oh, that would be terrible. Well, you'd have to take out loans. I'd have to take out... So... And then, when I'm done with school, if you had to pay half the rent... Yeah. Like, it would flip-flop the other way. If I had to pay half our mortgage? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it would flip-flop the other way, so it's... I don't know. That's kind of weird, comparing yourself to your partner. Like, but it's a contest with your partner. Are, like, when people have kids... Where you and I are... Or society. No, that's where, like, society, like, we're very much pushed, like, hey, if I bathe the kid in, or if I do morning routine, then you have to do night routine. Yeah. I'm... And I feel like that's very pushed. And I think it works for some people. Like, they do establish that. I've heard that from um, another podcaster, but she says, like, me and my husband switch. We have a morning shift and a night shift. And... There is also... There's... It's good to remember that... I think people can do things a certain way and be happy still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's not necessarily how you and I want to do things. Yeah. But I just feel like that's a huge push now in, like, making marriage 50-50. Yeah, especially financially, I feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would say I feel it from a lot of, like, Raising kids, like, no longer do women want to be, like, as the primary caregiver to the kids anymore. They want to be seen as, like, instead of, you hear a lot of the complaints of women or moms being like, oh, is your husband babysitting tonight? Or, that's so nice that your husband helps out. And it's, a lot of women are like, he's just as much parent as I am. And I totally understand, like. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Like you're you're equal parents for sure and you can do both, but I think that's just the big emphasis that we hear all the time is the um just comparing how much work you put in versus your spouse. But that's where we get into the 80/80 and that's where marriage should be focused on and that's kind of where we want to go like we're making progress from the 80/20 to now the 50-50, but we want to be in the 80-80. So, like love, he kind of described, or I can't remember, I think Kaylee's the author, she talks about um, radical generosity, but 
obviously 80-80 doesn't make like the pure 100%, so it doesn't really make sense, but love doesn't make sense, family life doesn't make sense, and she talks in depth about radical generosity is what she talks about. And rather than keeping score or a tally with your spouse, like if I do this, you have to do this. It's just you're looking you're, and you both are on the same team, like you said. So she's like, we have a team name. So we call ourselves, we're team, like you and I would maybe be team Collister. Or, so everything you're kind of doing is for team Collister. And this is, and she said, well, why not 100, 100? Because that's what I thought. I was like, why not 100%? Like, why aren't? Why aren't you, everything you do is for Team Collister or whatever. And she said, because we still need that little extra time for ourselves. And we need to prioritize that kind of like self-care to make yourself a better, whether that's going on a run or having a private moment, a private car drive by yourself. But the 80-80 is looking, you're looking ways to better the team so you're um, your mindset is more, I win, you win. Like it's, um, everyone can win in the situation and you are share those successes together. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. And I think that's what people want to believe when they see like a 50, 50, but we both are giving 80% to the marriage to, cause we have goals, right? Yeah, and as a couple, and like we both want a clean house, we both want a home cooked dinner, we both want. You and I talk about, well, when we talk to classmates or coworkers about their situations and things that they don't like, maybe about their relationship, whether it's financially or how the household is ran or whatever, I always feel like it's a breakdown of communication and goals yeah because everything we do revolves around our goals and if we don't properly communicate what our goals are and what we want to achieve then we're not going to know especially i know i've i've mentioned this 10 times during this podcast but with finances yeah if you aren't clear about your financial goals together then there's really no way to, to br- like break down your finances. Yeah, I think finances. Why you keep bringing it up is just because it's numbers. Yeah, it's so easy. it's easier to look at like an eighty eighty rather than chores because chores you can't really like put a number on. Like, but for example, you and I are going to Miami next week. Yeah, and there are certain things that have needed to happen before we go on that trip. Yes, and it's required both you and I to run different errands. Yeah. And it's like I don't I had to go get some clothes altered. Yeah, for the both of us. And I don't know if that's a guy's job or a girl's job, but it just needed to get done. Yeah. So I went there's just things You dropped that, some things off to the mail today. Just yeah. because you knew like I worked the same hours at the post office, so there was no way I could have dropped them off myself. But that's it, but that's what's looking like. It's rather than looking at like, okay, do I deserve this job? Like, do I deserve, to, not deserve, but should I have this job or should my spouse have this job? You're just being like, oh yeah, well that makes the most sense. 
I have time today to do that. You don't. But when you get, you know, and you're going to look for ways and you know your partner and you trust your partner, they're also going to look ways, look at ways to serve the relationship and work for team. I'm just going to keep calling this team Collister. That's great. But yeah, that makes the most sense to me just because I I feel, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing how you can like be unified as a partnership any other way. Yeah, and this is what it talks about, like, in the, if you're always looking for fairness and comparing yourself to your partner, there's no room for love after that. That's crazy to me, though, because if you're comparing yourself to your partner, then it's not a teammate, it's an opponent. Yeah, and that's not going to create a happy, loving marriage. Well, yeah, it's a contest at that point, so that's... Yeah. Yep, I don't... And I will say that... Having an 80-80 marriage, you didn't talk to me before this podcast about what you just kind of wanted to freestyle it. Yeah. But it's, I don't think it's something you achieve. I think it's something that you just constantly try to work at and get better at. Yeah. And there's times like, like that early on in our marriage, that example you gave of me cleaning at 930 at night. Yeah. Why did you do that? I don't know. And that's Because why then you couldn't go to sleep because you were like all amped up, and amped stuff. up about yeah. like cleaning and you were angry yeah angry. Well, like I think that just takes time to realize and there's still times where I'm, I still do this probably on a daily basis where I'm like man why am I doing dishes and Sam's sitting down looks like he's enjoying his time you know well it's, be- so it it's, it's because I made effort. it's because I made the dinner which I think is more of a 50 50 mentality right yeah one thing i did learn from this book though was like asking your partner for things if there is something in your marriage that's stressing you out um i was listening to a podcast and she was talking about she's like i hate this is just funny because you're in dental school but she's like i hate the dentist like i hate making the appointment i hate trying to get my kids out of school i hate taking them there and figuring out like what they need as far as treatment. She's like, everything with that, I just hated it every six months. So I told my husband that I was like, hey, dentist, I need you to take this on. Like, I, I don't want to do this responsibility anymore. It's stressing me out. And um, he was like, okay, like, I can do that. So he took on the responsibility of making sure the kids went to see the dentist every six months. So, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like yeah. the example we just gave of, I usually get home from school before you get home from work. Yeah. So I'll usually cook dinner. Yeah. And. But that's just kind of what makes sense, right? Well, but that, that's what I'm saying. Unless, and because I, and we kind of have it like, hey, if I make dinner, will you do the dishes? And that's kind of like a deal we have. Yeah. That we like. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're yeah. both on the same page. Yeah. I think where it becomes a problem is if, like, I cooked dinner and then I did all the dishes and then I was mad. Yeah. But if I don't ask you to help with dishes or anything, then I kind of don't deserve to be mad. Yeah. Mad. Well, I think about it as, like, the radical generosity is how you and I, how we make our bed. We make our bed every single day. But it always switches who makes it, depending on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, today you left before I did, so I made the bed. Or And sometimes 
you leave after I do, and you make the bed. Or if we're both home, we'll make it. Yeah. So I just think that's a that's a perfect example of radical generosity where I look like, oh, you know what? Sam didn't have time to make the bed this morning, so I'm going to make it. Because I know that you will do the same if I'm not home. Yeah. And... I I, I just keep coming back to it. It's so important to communicate what your expectations are. Yeah. Because if you get married to someone and for example if you get married to a guy and he's like nah I don't really want to help with the kids he believes in gender roles yeah and he's like I'm just gonna go to work and whatever and you you don't want I think that can work yeah I I don't think that's ideal but I think that can work as long as you're both on the same page and want that yeah but if you want something else and you're getting something else and you're not expressing what you want. Yeah. I think that's where problems come from. Yeah. Well, I think this is like kind of something I did because of the book that's changed our marriage recently. But um, the mail kind of stresses me out. The mail like, does stress you out. Like I, because so much has changed for us in the last um, little bit. Um, so much has changed, like having a mortgage having new utility bills. The mail kind of stresses me out. So, and you always bring it in, but then you just take whatever was, everything that was in the mail and popped it on the counter. And I would go through it because I was the one that kind of managed and did all the administrative stuff around our house. Yeah, most of it was in your, yeah. Yeah. And then, so I'd come home from work and the first thing I would always see is the mail popped on the counter. And it actually gives an example very similar to this. And I was like, yo, you know what? Like, that would actually be a really good idea. Is I ask you to, and this is all back to, like, what your point of communicating with your partner. But I ask you to take out whatever was not important, whatever was an ad, or, like, sign up for this credit card, or a we've magazine. Had, it's unbelievable how many generous offers we've had for from Xfinity and... Security companies, Spectrum, Spectrum, credit card companies. We're just very fortunate. Yeah. So, but that would always stress me out. And so I'd go through like, you know, five or seven envelopes and then find like the two one, the two that I actually need to read and look at. But I asked you, I was like, hey, can you just like, before you just plop it down on the counter, can you just go sift through it and just take out whatever is, you know, is not important? Yeah, just so it doesn't look like there's a million things that need to be done the first time, the first thing when I get home from work. Yeah. So, and I think you've done that. Like, you've done that ever since I asked. Yeah, today there was four things in the mail, none of which made the cut to the counter. And I do feel a lot less stressed when I do get home from work and I'm like, oh, good. Like, there's not mail to go through. So, anyway, thanks for doing that. I kind of took up all my time talking about the book i'm reading but no that was great that's a good i've wanted to do it's a good conversation what i'm gonna take away from your little spiel is that you and i are a team yeah and the only way a team can well not the only way but the way to have an the best most successful team is if you work together towards a singular goal yeah or multiple no, goals together. But. Well, but 
the ultimate goal to I'm saying better. if you work towards each goal and tackle each goal together and as a team, it's a lot easier than just doing things on your own and hoping that your teammate does good things to you. Yeah, it's true. But I'm glad you're my teammate. Touche. So, um, we'll talk about your lesson next week, but... Um, marriage, I've always wanted to do a marriage podcast, but I think we probably should do more of these like this because I thought I was going to want to do like one big marriage episode, but I think it's good to just break it up because our marriage is going to evolve and change and we'll learn new things from new people and new books and movies, whatever. So thanks for everyone for tuning in, but, and thanks for Sam for being my husband. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we will um, hear from Sam mostly next week. So, see you next week. See you.